Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I am Dr. Craig Johnson, and first off, I want to say it is election day today when I am releasing this, November the 8th, 2022, in the United States. Uh, if you are in the United States and are eligible to vote, you need to vote. Uh, that is especially true if you live in a state or a district where the uh, extreme right is on the ballot. There are a lot of states like that in the United States. There are a lot of municipalities like that in the United States. If you are in one of them, you uh, know it already because uh, you have been receiving mailers and getting emails and seeing people on the streets promoting, you know, in some cases, some like actual fascism uh, when it comes to their uh, political positions. Please be careful as you vote of right-wing violence at polling places. Uh, if any of those things do happen, I will be covering them later this week uh, on my normal Thursday part of the show. This week, however, I'm going to start something a little bit different. This is the start of a new mini-series called Fascism in Fiction. I'm going to take a look at works of fiction to discuss how they handle fascism, uh, whether this is a historical you know, novel or a historical movie that deals with fascism, or a fictional analog to fascism. I wanted to do something maybe, I guess, arguably a little bit lighter, although this is not in order to take your mind off of the very real right-wing rise that is happening uh, potentially right now uh, as I am saying this. So again, please go vote. Uh, my intention is to mix this in with other bits of miniseries, possibly when I find myself overwhelmed with what is happening in the world. On that note, please send in recommendations of pieces of fiction or places or people in fiction that you think should get this treatment. Today, I'm going to start out with one of the most famous fascist analogs in fiction, at least in English, uh, and that is Star Wars's Galactic Empire. I'm going to be dealing with the original series of Star Wars and the prequels primarily a little bit into the sequels and ignoring most other Star Wars stuff as I'm not the biggest fan uh, that honor, in my case, lies with the communist space utopian future of Star Trek. So, the Galactic Empire. The Galactic Empire in Star Wars is clearly a fascist analogy. Uh, this is essentially a matter of record when it comes to the creator of the series, George Lucas. This extends to the fact that the events in Star Wars themselves, in some senses down to like just where shots track, have to do with films and footages from World War II. Star Wars is an anti-fascist allegory with serious, obvious World War II elements on top of its sci-fi fantasy veneer. It's common knowledge that George Lucas used the imagery of World War II to make the original series, like up to and including essentially reproducing shots from newsreels of World War II combat, uh, including trench warfare uh, and also fighter plane warfare. For example, if you remember that scene in A New Hope where Luke Skywalker jumps into like, you know, this little pod in the bottom of the Millennium Falcon and it's got like, you know, a sort of laser machine gun and, it, you know, it's this little like bulb turret thing. That's just straight ripped from newsreel footage of World War II fighting, uh, specifically people who were in the gun pits of United States bomber aircraft. They, they had these like these like little bulbs with, with little machine guns in them. And, you know, there's just like shot for shot tracking of like, you know, him shooting a TIE fighter as it goes across the screen. It is also very clear that George Lucas um, believed that the Galactic Empire was a fascist analog. 
this is also something that he is on record for. He is also on record saying that the emperor, Emperor Palpatine, is supposed to be, quote, a fascist totalitarian leader. The obvious analogs here are just like, they're just sort of like all over the screen, right? The Galactic Empire has, you know, serious uniforms that look pretty fascist. They have a militarized state and society. Their uniforms are specifically supposed to look kind of like SS uniforms. Uh, although, arguably, that's just kind of how military uniforms look. Uh, and that is because the SS uniforms are, in some senses, modeled after Prussian military uniforms and kind of just like military uniforms in general kind of are modeled after Prussian military uniforms because of the influence that the Prussian military had on military reorganization in the entire world in the 19th century. So, you know, like, this is why Augusto Pinochet sort of looks like he's a Star Wars villain when he's dressed up as a, you know, as a military person. It's not because he was trying to look like he belonged to the Galactic Empire. It's because both of them got their aesthetics from the same place, right? The stormtroopers in Star Wars are literally named after one possible translation of the SA, the Stemmer Battalion, uh, which was the original Nazi paramilitary organization that originally got the Nazis into power in Germany uh, before they were purged in the Night of the Long Knives or the Rom Purge, uh, which eliminated their leader, Ernst Rom, uh, who is a potential rival for Hitler's power in Germany. George Lucas is also on record, like it's just a quote of his, uh, saying that Darth Vader's loyalty toward the Empire and the Emperor is supposed to mirror that of the close allies of Adolf Hitler. Uh, for example, specifically, Heinrich Himmler is mentioned by Lucas in this quote, saying that like, yeah, Vader is supposed to be Heinrich Himmler, Heinrich Himmler being one of the Nazi officials who was extremely loyal to Adolf Hitler until the very end, uh, essentially like literally the very end, you know, he was one of the Nazi officials who stayed with Hitler until the last days and killed himself rather than giving himself over to the Allies. The other clear antecedent to the Galactic Empire, of course, is the Roman Empire. Uh, Lucas is also on record saying that the emperor's appearance is modeled after statues of Caesar Augustus or, you know, Octavian before he was deified. Specifically, this is Octavian in his uh, robes as Pontifex Maximus, as the chief priest of the Roman Senate. The other clear antecedent to the Roman Empire and the Roman state is that Emperor Palpatine ascends to the throne as a former chancellor. You know, the, the, these are the events of the prequels. You know, he takes over the state, uh, having been the leader of its legislature. And then he takes on dictatorial powers. You know, he takes on supposedly temporary dictatorial powers. But then in A New Hope, he announces triumphantly that he has dissolved the Senate. Uh, this is a clear reference to the Roman Empire's transition from having been a republic prior to the ascension of Caesar Augustus, uh, that is uh, Julius Caesar, uh, as the would-be, you know, sort of pre-emperor prior to the establishment of the Office of Empire uh, by uh, Octavian, by Caesar Augustus. So this is all clearly supposed to be a fascist allegory, right? And like I said, this is a matter of record. The question is, these elements are all here, but what's missing, in my opinion, are vital things that would make the Galactic Empire an actually believably fascist regime, at least to somebody like me who studies this stuff and is looking for something more than just like aesthetics. Aesthetically, you know, they obviously have a lot in common with fascism. But beyond aesthetics, what do we got going here? There are several key 
problems that make this not a believable fascist regime, you know, aside from the fact that, you know, they're led by a, a space wizard who, who relies on space magic in order to keep his state afloat. The biggest problem, in my opinion, is that the Galactic Empire, at least as far as we can tell in the original series, in the original trilogy, only has a military. All that we see is a peripheral planet, you know, Tatooine, uh, and we see a couple other, like, peripheral spots. Uh, these are places that the Galactic Empire does not care about. You know, they are technically in the Galactic Empire, but it doesn't seem like they care about what actually happens there. Like, to the extent that Tatooine appears to be run by a criminal syndicate and not a supposedly totalitarian government. Look, I'm sure that these new shows and whatever explains some of this crap, but, you know, I'm talking about the movies here. I'm talking about the main line of the series. One of the other central problems with the concept of the Galactic Empire being a fascist regime is one of the things that makes it most clearly a fascist allegory, and that is the position of the stormtroopers. The official Star Wars website tells me that the original stormtroopers are the clones from the prequel series. So that means that they are trained like grown child soldiers. That is, they are not true believers. They didn't join the Galactic Empire because they wanted to be soldiers in an imperial army. They don't seem to have any beliefs. They don't seem to have any uh, ambitions or goals. There doesn't really even seem to be an ideology for them to grab onto aside from the emperor's will. And that is one of the tropes that people use when they talk about fascism that is in fact not a feature of fascism itself. Fascist leaders had an ideology. They espoused it. They spread it to people, and people really believed it. They were worried whenever they made a move that seemed like it was straying from that belief because they were worried that people would stop following them. The Star Wars website says that some of the later recruits, so the ones that we see in the original series, are people who join up. But still, we get no sense in the movies about who they are or what they believe in or what they want or what they'll get from being Imperial soldiers. Essentially, it seems like they've joined an army and, you know, Armies are not fascist. Uh, that is a separate thing, right? Uh, a military regime is not necessarily a fascist regime. There have been a lot of societies run by militaries that have not been fascist at all. And that is because of one of the big things that is just like completely lacking in the movies that would make it make any sense that this is a fascist government. The Galactic Empire, at least as far as we see in the film, is completely lacking the most important thing about fascism, which is that Fascism is founded in civil society. Uh, fascism is a political movement that people make. Yes, fascism has a leader. It often has a central leader whose will is, you know, lauded and said to be the most important thing and the driving force behind the entire political movement. But we have to know that that is, that is its outward-facing ideology, right? Like, in fact, fascist regimes and fascist movements are political movements comprised of hundreds, thousands, even millions of people who are either opportunists, who are trying to, you know, ride the coattails of a rising fascist movement, or they are earnest believers in changing the world for the worse. You know, they're earnest believers in fascism. What we see in Star Wars is nothing of the kind, right? We just see um, a military that seems to have some, like, career types, and also some people who were literally made in order to be soldiers. Now, people who were made in order to be soldiers, you know, that's a, that, that's a fascist fantasy. But the fact is, the important fact is that that is an impossible fantasy. You know, people 
in fascist ideology can only be made into soldiers, can only be made to be soldiers, once their society has been completely reorganized along the lines of political violence. We see nothing like this in Star Wars. We don't see anything like this in the Galactic Empire. Instead, all we see is, you know, an army. And this is an example, this is a perfect example of how people fundamentally misunderstand what fascism is and how it works. Fascism is fundamentally not just a politically violent military that is imposing its will on the populace. If that were the case, then hundreds and hundreds of governments that entirely predate the existence of the Italian fascist party would be fascist. And, you know, it wouldn't matter what they believed or how they worked or where they were or any of those things. Uh, and that would make the word essentially useless uh, as a political term. Fascism is something specific and particular. It is a paramilitarized, politically violent, civil society phenomenon. It means that people need to join it on purpose. They need to actually believe in it. In fact, uh, rather than this in Star Wars, we see implied in the prequels that the appearance of the Galactic Empire wasn't because anybody actually believed in Emperor Palpatine's vision of completely reorganizing galactic society. It was that his space wizard powers made them believe in it. You know, this is supposed to be clearly an analogy to the demagoguery and incredible public speaking powers of somebody like Adolf Hitler or Benito Mussolini. But this analogy, this allegory falls on its face. It's, it, it, it obviously doesn't work because the whole point of those people is that they didn't have magical powers. They just got people to believe something monstrous. As such, this allegory for fascism shrinks away from what is arguably the most scary thing about fascism, which is that millions of ordinary people choose it and believe in it because they actually want it. And as somebody who studies fascism, uh, you know, quote unquote, for a living, you know, I'm an adjunct professor right now, uh, it is a little bit disappointing that a lot of the ways that people encounter fascism in fiction deny or ignore some of its most important and scary facets, even when they're trying to scare you with fascism, which is uh, what the point of examining them in this miniseries is all about. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Please leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Please tell your friends, family, and comrades about it. If you really liked it, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism, all one word. You can also get in touch with me on Gmail at 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. Uh, for this episode, especially, you know, if you think that I messed up or missed something, uh, either get in touch with me on Gmail or get in touch with me on Twitter. I'm at hist of the right, H-I-S-T of the right on Twitter. I'm also at fascism15 on Twitter. If I switch to Mastodon, I will let you know. All right. Thanks very much. And I'll talk to you next week.